Good morning. Happy Father's Day. You've heard it before. And welcome to Tyler and Haley. They heard about us on the internet. I didn't know that could happen. Are we on the internet? Well, that's why they're here. I had a good father, a good, good father. So I, this is a good day for me, but I recognize that for some of you, maybe Father's Day isn't. Are there some of you that it's a hard day? Anybody that, that it's a hard day or, or that you didn't have a good father? Anybody that, uh, I know a few of you, probably that this isn't the best day of your life because it's hard to, for you to think of the memory. So sad, unhappy, but I'm sad for you if that's not the case. I know for, we, I had a secretary who was a wonderful secretary, kind of run the church, and uh, Christmas was hard for her because of the bad memories that she had. So she didn't look forward to Christmas. So I want to talk to you today about the father love of God and I gave you an outline. I probably won't get through it all, so I'm not going to hurry through it. I may get through one or two points or three points. Uh, we'll, we won't do what we did last week. Last week, for those of you who weren't here, the speaker got up at 15 to 12, and I said, you're free to go whenever you want to, and he spoke till 12.30. That was our marathon morning, and nobody left, I don't think, because it was so special, so wonderful. So we're grateful for his powerful words to us. So we're going to look at the prodigal son's story and see how it reveals to us the father love of God. And that's in Luke chapter 15. And the first thing that I want to say about God the Father is that he is not controlling let me say to you that he is the most powerful person in the world, the most powerful, and the least controlling. He's less controlling than any of you are, less controlling than I am. How does he influence? Some people influence with their voice or with their force or with jokes and then say, I was only kidding. Or with demand, like a, an ordinary boss, will say, just do it like I say, do what I say. And he's not into relationship, he or she, but he's into getting jobs done. And so he will control. And some of those people, they go to the top. Some of them, that they only deal with function, not relationship. So they're not concerned about the people under them, but they want those people to be controlled so that they can get things done very demeaning. God is the opposite of that. Who is that to the, to the max? Who, who in the universe is most controlling? Come on. Satan. The more people are out of control, the more controlling they are. Satan is absolutely out of control, and so he uses his voice. He's a lion who roars. He wants to scare us. My dad was gentle, and he never raised his voice. 
And so he, I'm thankful for that. And when I have raised my voice, I've had to acknowledge it, as I did once to Naomi. And I'm, I, I said I'm very sorry that I used my force of volume. What if God did that? Man, the place would be thundering. We'd have a universe in, in turmoil because he used his voice. But God doesn't force his way into our life. So much so that when the disciples were getting ready, some of the disciples had already left Jesus because they didn't like what he was saying about drinking his blood. They, they said, oh, I don't think we're going to go this way anymore. What did Jesus say to them? Remember? The ones that were there, potentially ready to go, there you go. He said, are you going to leave? He had nothing to hold them back but the power of his character, his love. He didn't try to force them. He didn't use the L word. Some people use the L word to, to, sex will use that, loyalty. You owe it to us to get them to stay. I am grateful for a father. Now, why, where am I getting this from? The son said, I'm ready to go. Give me my inheritance. Well, why didn't the dad say, you're not going anywhere. You'll blow that thing. I know you'll blow it. Why didn't he just keep him around? I think he'd already gone. His body was there, but he was already out in the world. He was already dreaming of what he was going to experience. And the dad could see that he'd already lost him. And so he gave him the money and said goodbye. That's an uncontrolling father. That's a kind father who then suffers for the son. He just let go because he knows what's going to happen to him. Now, I, I sent some things to Nate last night because I frankly had never thought about control, the issue of control before, in a, in a detailed way. So I went online, I read some articles on it, and I thought it through in my, with my own life and in you. Some of you may struggle with control. I'm not going to put you down for that. Some of you may have control issues, or all of us. All of us have that threat that we want to control people. And let me say to you, it appears to me that the more out of control we are, the more we need to control. And I feel sorry for you if things were out of control in your life, and so you need to control. Satan needs to control because he knows it's, all, it's almost done for him. He knows his time is short, and he knows it's out of, it's, there's no control he has. So if he can get control, here's the difference between Jesus filling us and Satan possessing us. If Satan possesses you, you just lost your personality. If Jesus fills you, you become more you than ever before. That is who you are because he's so gentle. And so I just want to, I, I put some notes together about control from Luke 15 because I realized as I was studying Luke 15, 
that this is about control as well. It's an elder brother who was into control and tried to control his father and tried to control his brother. And when you attempt to use control, you lose a notch because he went from having a father to having a boss. He said, lo, all these years, I slave for you and never disobeyed your command. He didn't even call him father once. You read the story, he never called him father. He called him, look. <laughs> the prodigal had a father. And he said, father, I have sinned against heaven. Is he controlling? No. He lost control, and he realized it, and he humbled himself. He's into relationship. The elder brother's not into relationship. He's into function. I slayed for you. I'm doing all these things for you. You've never given me a kid that I may make merry with my friends. See, he didn't even want the father. He had a boss. So, so we just stop for a moment here now. Are there areas where I'm attempting to control people with my voice? with my word, with certain words, certain ways of, you can do it through flattery. I like to encourage people. I don't want to flatter. I don't think I do. I don't want to. Because flattery can be a way of controlling someone and get them to respond to you. So, Father, we just stop here and we say, if, if there are areas in our life where we're, where because of our lack of control, we feel a need to control our environment, our workplace, our, our own thoughts. We pray that you would free us by your gentle love for us so that we can understand the tenderness of your love and receive it and come into a place of peace and well-being in your love. Amen. Sure. Could you just say that negative kind of control through the spirit of self-control? Oh, good. Yeah, the very word, it's I'm trying to control situations in me, but I'm not trying to control that self-control rather than other control. That's how I would see it, that I want to be in control of my words, I, I, I want to be careful what I say, how I say it, be in control of my outlook toward others. Did, did you have anything to add? To that? No, just because it's the same word, I didn't want people to be confused. About sure. It. Any control is bad. Sure. That's not what no. we're saying. That's yeah, what yeah, 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 and? Sure, sure. Control is, is a wrong kind of influence. We're, we're wanting to influence our kids, but we, we, we control them in that if they're, if they're toddlers, we say, don't go out in the street. No, we we're stronger, we're firmer. But my dad, when I was a teenager, he didn't say, don't run in the street. He said, remember who you are. He didn't even tell me what time to come home. And, and that's, that's the opposite of, of someone who is attempting to control, but he certainly was trying to influence. 
And the primary way he did it was through love. Through showing me that I was special to him. And by loving me, and that's what I think of, and I think of the tenderness of how good he was. Yes, he did discipline me when I stepped out of line, brought me back into alignment. Like it, like it, yeah. Yeah, he definitely is a manager, overseer, sovereign Lord of the universe, oversees it by his word. No, I didn't. And the more self-control you have, the less need you feel to control. When you have control of yourself, then if someone else is trying to control you, you can feel it and you can say, you know, either, either obviously no thank you or, or just say I'm, I'm not going to be controlled by this person. So self-control is really a wonderful fruit of the work of the Spirit in our lives. Yes, yes. But even the word, when saying controls, the word is used for possessing. And we're not possessed by the Holy Spirit. Isn't that wonderful? The Holy Spirit doesn't possess us. We still have, we have our personality. We're who we are. We're more who we are than any other time. So I just have a few notes uh, about control because I, I thought, well, this could be an important thing. You know, for some of us. I'd never really thought it through before. So just pass those around. And, and uh, I just put about 10 of them out. I'll, we'll send them out with, with Nate, and if that can be of help to you. I really was blessed by Isaiah 42. Listen to this about an uncontrolling servant. Behold my servant, whom I uphold, my chosen one, in whom my soul delights. I have put my spirit upon him. He will bring forth justice in the nations. Well, that's a pretty big command. How is he going to do it? He will not cry aloud or lift up his voice or make it heard in the streets. He's pretty quiet. A bruised reed he will not break. So he's very gentle. He's not going to yell. He's not going to, he's not going to go after people in a way that he could trip and, and be in a faintly burning wick he will not quench. He will faithfully bring forth justice. I want to be gentle like God is gentle. And when I, I I've only seen Robbie Zacharias a couple times on the internet, but one of the times I saw him, uh, he told the story of being at UCLA, which is my alma mater, and a lady came who uh, 
then came up to him afterwards and said, I didn't want to be here. I don't like you. I don't like what you stand for. But when I saw how you dealt with the questions and the people who were opposing you, it was very convincing. Isn't that something? He was gentle. And the Bible says, Paul told Timothy, be gentle with those who oppose you. My friend Martins told me once he went to a debate between a Christian and an atheist, and the Christian wiped him out. He won the debate, but he lost in Martin's eyes because he wasn't gentle. So he lost. He did not exhibit the quality of self-control in being gentle. He forced, he, he, he got it by force. That's illegitimate in the kingdom of God. So what I hope for us is that the more secure we are, the less need we have to control others. But we really want to influence them. People might think this is a little place. It could be cultic. In fact, people have asked me questions about this Lydia house. Are they controlling Yes, yes, right. We'll check you off our list. <laughs> okay, so the Father is not controlling. All in favor say aye. Okay, I want to be not controlling. Second, the Father is full of compassion. The word compassion is a compound word, cum pathos. What's pathos? Suffering. Compassion means suffering with. With whom? Did you have something to say or you just want to? Yes. Oh, no. Okay. So my daughter Naomi teaches me how to have that kind of compassion because she rejoices with those who rejoice and she weeps with those who weep. And that's what compassion is. It's suffering. So the King James Version of 1 Corinthians 13 says, love suffers long. Macrothumia. Macro. It's a long amount of suffering. And when I saw my mother, how she suffered when my sisters were going through things, I could give them advice just like that, but my mother suffered long for them. That's compassion, the ability to suffer with people. And some of you are really, really good at that. You know how to, you know how to suffer. So what was the father doing? He was suffering for his son. And he was filled with it, filled with compassion. The word compassion is very different from the word agape. Agape is above, way above emotions. It's, it's the most powerful word for, for love. But compassion is feeling it in your gut. Literally, it's feeling it in your liver. You, uh, love suffers long. So while he was still a long way out, his father saw him. He must have been looking and was filled with long-suffering. 
And so he took, this is pretty aggressive love. He ran to his son, threw his, son, threw his arm around him, and kissed his pig-smelling stench uh, full of son and uh, brought him home. Love suffers long. Obviously, the greatest demonstration of that is what? When you think of the cross, you think of one who is barely gets to the cross. He wasn't beaten once. I read the stories over and over again to see how many times he was beating, beaten. And I didn't look back at my notes, but it was at least three times. Because when he was at Anna's house before, when they started, they started beating him then with their fists. They blindfolded him, and then they'd hit him. They'd say, who hit you? Prophesy. So they were beating him up before he ever got the, the whooping. So maybe all night, maybe he had six beatings. And then they gave him a cross, which he couldn't even carry. He was so weak. And then they nailed him to it. How weak is he? He's losing blood. It's amazing that he lasted for six hours. So what's he doing on the cross? Not the slightest bit of bitterness. As a first order of business, he says, Father. Some of you, I like what you did this morning. You asked us to think of those painful, this is painful to think of it, and being able to forgive. The reason we wouldn't, Nate, is that it hurts too much. Did it hurt for the Son of God? Did it hurt too much? Yeah, it hurt. It hurt very, 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 very much. And that's the very reason that he forgave. He was full of suffering, full of compassion. And so... He said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they do. Wait a minute. Sure looks to me like they know what they do. But he was so kind. Father, forgive them. What did he do? What was the second thing he did? He's doing evangelism from the cross. It's a guy who had just before this rebuked him, derailed him, and now he wants to be remembered what might you have done? What might I have done? He said, hey, change your outlook first, buddy. If you want to get in the kingdom, quit, quit coming against me. Quit mocking me. He didn't say that at all. His heart was so open to God. He was so full of compassion. When he saw the man break, he said, remember me. He said an amazing thing. You figure this one out today. With me. Was he exaggerating? Today, with me in paradise. So I want to learn if people have issues, to suffer for them. That's what Jesus did. Oh, what, what's the third thing he did? 
He took care of his mom. He's thinking about his mother. And so he didn't want his mother to go back to his brothers. Isn't that interesting? He did it. He was the firstborn, so he has the responsibility. And he's not going to send them back to James. Because James isn't in the kingdom yet. He's going to be soon. Because he's going to re- he's going to appear to him. That James brother around. But now. John's got the assignment. He's thinking. How kind of Jesus. I'm thankful for the compassion of God. I I felt it through my mother and father. And I hope you feel it today. I hope you feel. Because compassion is a feeling word. Agape is beyond feeling. It's just all powerful. But compassion is there's there's a gut level feeling. Do you feel it? Do you feel his love? Raise your hand if you feel. If you, if you feel. I feel it sometimes in my prayer, in my prayer time. And sometimes I just say, I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you. I love you, I love you. Because I feel the compassion of our Father. Yeah. Very good. Yes, and if you didn't see that and didn't get that, you may not learn how. You may not have learned. Because we learn it, what we see, and if we have had control, if we've, had, if we've, if we've felt that, then it's harder to learn it. It, it takes more. Jesus, Jesus had a good example. And you, yeah. yeah. It's hard to even think of that. Father was never affected. Stereotypical Norwegian, whatever. Like I told you, I loved you once. Your father was very different than mine was. Many of us were. Got that? My grandpa was. And then there's people who you just never, never knew your father and never knew what he was. Because they didn't know. Yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. And so then it's hard to, to see that. You get up in daddy's lap and you're like, what does that mean? And I know that that's sort of the issue with you that you, that you, that you have struggled with the father, but you're loving, you're giving. 
you reach out. So somewhere along the line, God taught that to you. That you, you've experienced some healing. So you're able to, in spite of not being close, I think. Is that fair to say? I wasn't stepping out of bounds, was I? Okay. Yeah. 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 And, and here's the wonderful thing about that. Josh McDowell was being interviewed, and Josh McDowell has spoken on more campuses to more young adults than any other person in the world. Millions. And he talked about his alcoholic father, and then the radio announcer said, well, then you must have had the wrong father. And he said, oh, no, I, I never said that. I said, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing now if it weren't for my father. God used that brokenness to get through to me. So God doesn't waste anything. And if you had a controlling father, a controlling mother, God will use that. If you surrender, if instead of being bitter, you're forgiving, which Josh did, he forgave his father, then you receive the full benefit of having someone who is like my dad was. Plus, you got a testimony like Josh has got, so it's a double, double whammy. I think we'll, we'll stop here. Let me just say a couple more things about compassion. We're invited into this. Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us that we should be called his kids. what manner of love. So God wants kids. We wanted kids when we got married. And we wanted kids that we could control, no, that we could uh, love. Yes. Pardon? Yeah, yeah that's, that's why we had them, because the dishes were piling up and the lawn was getting growing. We needed people to work for us. Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us, that we should be called children of God. And so we are. So, got through two. We'll, we'll come back in a couple weeks maybe and do more of these. And you can look on your own and take the outline and maybe you can preach with me when we come back at it. So let's, uh, let's pray together. I bless you in whatever situation you grew up in. I bless you with comfort. I bless you with the, with the ability not to be bitter, but even then to be thankful. To be thankful for what you did get and not resentful for what you didn't. I bless you that if this day is harder for you, that God would comfort your heart 
and say, I can make up for it. Because as we sang, he is a good, good father. I bless you with being so full in him that whatever you miss, he makes up. And it may even be to your advantage to have gone through what you did. So in no way are you a victim. In no way do you have to feel entitled for something. But you can be relaxed in his love. So Father, we, we say this morning, we're, we're glad to be your children. We're thankful that you have received us. We feel a sense of well-being so we don't have to in any way try to control other people today or this week or the rest of our lives. We don't have to control anybody. We want to influence people for your kingdom. And we want to do it with love and with long-suffering. Teach us how to suffer for others. Teach me, God. I'm not good at it. And we pray that the rest of this day will be a good day. In Jesus' name. Amen. So, I'm going to give you the benediction. Anything before I do it? Any questions? Comments? Yes, ma'am. Yes. Right. And when I believe... Absent from the body, present with the Lord. That, that phrase kind of says it for me. I, I, I don't know. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord look upon you with his favor. And grant you his peace, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.